Well, we've said this before, but ECW is kind of like that tawdry thing. Like, what? Like the the yeah, we've talked about this, Mikey. How like when it came on really late at night, it was the the stuff that you probably shouldn't watch, but you loved watching it. You're like addicted to it because they did everything everyone else wouldn't do. You know what tawdry means? Yeah. I've never heard of, t- heard of tawdry in my life. I have no idea. Tawdry means showy, but cheap and of poor quality. Okay, okay. Look here, Webster's what Dictionary. What a fucking shitty fucking word. Okay, Audrey. you know what? We're moving on. We're moving on. I, I apologize for, for Tadri. I apologize I for, for Tadri. Putts. Okay, Did he all right. Showy but cheap and of poor quality. Yes. Take another pain pill. Here we go. Oh. Moving on. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is Front Row Material with ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Here is your host, Mike Freeland. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. I am your host, Mike Freeland. I am joined hey, by... Hey, you know Jerry's here this week? E. <laughs> I was getting to that. Oh, what took you to? Hi. 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 Uh, shit. Okay. Uh, I'm glad things have gotten back to normal, and uh, yep. welcome back, Jerry Lynn. Well, thank you. It is uh, it is good to hear your voice. We've uh, had a chance to chat a few times on the phone, but I'm glad to hear you uh, laughing and cutting up and enjoying uh, life. So how you feeling? I'm in a world of hurt, but uh, we'll, we'll make it. So... Um, I just got to survive a little less than two weeks, and then uh, everything should be good after that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're here with you to uh, help distract you from any of your pain, and hopefully we won't cause any more. <laughs> well, I'm expecting that. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He was. He called me on the way to the hospital, and he goes, Mikey, please don't make me laugh. I go, well, I better hang up then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Well, gentlemen, we have a big episode this week. We have uh, we have a very very exciting guest. I want to run this down for you guys. He was born on March thirtieth, nineteen eighty seven. And what's interesting That's about true. that is that is one day after WrestleMania three. So if you want to try to remember someone's birthday, the day after WrestleMania three. He's known for his work in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all points in between. He is currently signed with AEW, and he is one half of the best friends. Mr. Trent Beretta, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. Woo! Thanks. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Wow. It was weird not talking that until I was introduced. Was I supposed to talk the whole time? or I just, You could have oh, yeah. told Freeman to fuck off and just started talking. Okay. Yeah. I should have. That's too late now. That's usually how the open goes. Should we do it over? Freeman, do it open. Trent, just interrupt. Yeah, let's do it okay, we'll yeah. do it over. All right, go ahead. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. All right, hey, what's up? Go. Hey, Trent. <laughs> yeah, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys, it's me. How's it going? All right. Good. Oh, okay. I, uh, I guess we're starting right off the bat here. Mr. Trent Beretta is joining us here on Front Row Material. Trent, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say. I'm good. Good. Well, excellent. What's with Bill Murray on the knee pad? 
Oh, we're getting right into the real. Oh yeah, fuck! I'm going right to Bill Murray. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, not, none of my things are much. There's not much reason behind anything. Well, uh, I know that. <laughs> I just thought he he looks cool. He looks a lot like how my dad looked at the time in uh, in Life Aquatic. My dad had the same white beard. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That's it. I saw an article and he seemed like a cool guy. He was like hanging out at random parties and uh, showing up at like kids' baseball games. Actually, that's kind of creepy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he seemed, he seemed cool. I needed something for my knee pad that I that was unique, so I put Bill, Bill Murray on there. That's it. It's the whole story. It was funny. I've known you since you're what, fifteen, sixteen. Oh, I started at MWC. At Fifteen. I don't know if I met you until maybe sixteen. Fifteen or sixteen. And people ask yeah. me all the time, you know, what's what's with the bill? I said, I don't really know, but it makes perfect sense to me. Knowing how you are, like, a, well, <laughs> well, why not? Exactly. Yeah. Trent, let me ask you this. So obviously, you started your pro wrestling career pretty young, Mikey. Let me also throw this out here at you as well. Is that the average, or is that pretty early for somebody to start training for wrestling at, at 15 or 16. No, I usually don't play around with minors. Usually <laughs> I wait till they're 18. Uh, no, he was young wait, when so he started. if I started with you, if you were there when I started, you wouldn't have had me until I was 18. Thanks. That's right. I had you when you were 15. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> obligatory. That's not good. <laughs> that's why Mikey's not allowed within 200 feet of a school or a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Oh my God! So for all of you, for all of you wanting to know, Mikey was the trainer of Trent, and uh, that's why he's joining us this week. And obviously, Trent is with AEW, and that's the connection with Jerry Lynn as well. I don't have a connection with you yet, Trent, but I think that we'll probably along the way during this episode we'll try to find something we have in common. Yeah, have we met in real life before. <coughs> you and I. Yeah, we have not. We have not. Okay. This is just, I can't remember things, so you, you know how it is. Anyway, hey, I'm Greg. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so how many concussions have you had? Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to say where some people can, like, publicly hear my answer. Oh, okay. You know? I've, I've had, had 14. Of, oof. As far as, like, serious, serious ones where, like, I was fucked up, yeah, it's just pretty much one. Oh, good. But there's been a lot, a lot of, like, uh, like, I try to look at my phone after a match. This hasn't happened in years, actually, but I try to look at my phone, and my eyes won't really focus on the phone or re read so good for an hour after a match sometimes. Wow. Mm. Pretty cool, huh? You know what's, you know what's bad? It said, how many back concussions have I had? Well, then I can remember one, and Jerry goes good. So only one traumatic brain injury is okay. Well, in this business, yes. I know. It's like a yeah. relief. Oh, just one? Oh. Yeah. One really, really bad one where, like, you know, I couldn't remember anything for, like, two hours. I'm sure you guys have had the same thing. Unfortunately. Yeah. I think cool. it, it might be more, but I, I know of four. But I, it, who knows? It might be more. Ooh. But like you said, there's so been bad. a lot of other little ones where you see bright flashes of light and uh, yeah, 
bright colors, like a kaleidoscope or something. Yep. That's called acid, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. Yeah, exactly. I'm rolling so hard. (laughs) (laughs) You you tipped me off with that when you said kaleidoscope. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. There's more to this story than just head injury. Trent, you you started off in uh, the New York Wrestling Connection. And Jerry, yeah. you actually you actually worked uh, in that promotion as well, didn't you? Yeah, I was there for quite a while. I actually wrestled Trent when he was Plasma. I was just about to say you guys crossed paths. So, as we kind of go through this this uh, episode here, there's going to be some six degrees of Kevin Bacon, where uh, Trent and Jerry and Mikey are all woven into this thing, all the way to present day. But what was your experiences like with New York Wrestling Connection, Trent? I barely remember. Everything was fun. I mean, it was all good. It was like a... I remember wrestling Jerry. I was so nervous because he was like the first real guy I ever wrestled. Why? Before then, it was just what like all wrestle? all the guys I was training with. It was my friends that I knew. Oh, I thought you were going to so, say uh, like sheep and <laughs> dogs and cats. First real... <laughs> real people, yes. First real guy. <laughs> I think I, I called the match to him like so many times, just nonstop for like two hours leading up to the match. I was just going over the whole thing, shitting my pants. Jerry took care of me. He uh, he told me to lighten up on the lockup. He was the first guy that ever did that. Like told me, hey, relax during a match. I never got to wrestle Mikey, so he probably would have done all that to me too. But yeah, and one WC it was great. Uh, I don't know. I can't compare it to other schools because I only was there, you know? I can't even how long ago. I don't even know. So, so as you maybe, can see, I left a lasting impression on the young man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a good answer. I'm bad at getting interviewed. You didn't know that. Well, let, I okay. probably, I've said relax to a lot of people on the lockup. Because I, I, yeah, I know as soon as someone locks up that hard... They're either a a big giant gassed up monster, or b they're really nervous, or you we'll know, see they're not very good. That too, and I knew yeah. that if where you were trained, I knew you were good, so I knew you were nervous. Plus, like you said, keep calling the match back. I could tell you're nervous. <laughs> yeah. I, had to, I just wanted you to relax and just go out and have fun. Yeah, and it was fun. How did you? Was it you, or did somebody else come up with the idea of the name Plasma? I'm just kind of curious about that, because it's just such a such a unique name. <laughs> so it was with a Z, too, which is even cooler than the S. Um, I think I got it from the Doom video games. Like, there was a Plasma cannon or rifle in Doom. And um, Oh, that was one of my favorite games on the Super Nintendo. I just thought it was a cool name, and that was it, like... I, I, it was my backyard wrestling name first, so I must have been like 11 or something when I first came up with it. And then, for some reason, people let me actually stick with it and wrestle, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're blaming him for something. <laughs> there are some people that have a name and it just sticks. Yeah, I guess. You're just plasma. Like, even today, it's very hard for me to call you Trent. Or even Greg. It's like me oh, too. Fucking, it's fucking plasma. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's such a weird name. What a bad choice. I like. Okay, it. Yeah, I guess. It, 
somehow it fit. I say you, oh, you, I can't you know people by the way you've met them. Like when yeah. I met Mick Foley, he, he was Cactus. So to this day, I call him Cactus. And there, people that's call cool. him Mick. It's that's just, a badass name. Cactus. That is, cactus. Yeah, that is pretty bad. Plasma. There you go. I, I still call Godfather Papa for Papa Shango. Oh wow! You are known as a component of blood, which, I mean, that is kind of cool. I mean, when I thought about it, I was like plasma, like plasma the in your blood, or oh, right. like That's the TV, or. It, well, he told me at one point he was a certain percentage of yogurt. Oh, <laughs> Do you remember that? I thought that was phlegm. Oh. Plasma. You said that. You said, like, I'm 38% yogurt or something. I'm like, what? Oh, God. Oatmeal, maybe? Might have been oat, but I, I, there was definitely yogurt involved. <laughs> People listening to this now are going, what the fuck are they what talking about? What the fuck about? are they talking about? <laughs> he was, he was 38% yogurt. So what were your... Yogurt what were your... What was your outfit like then when you wrestled as plasma? I can't remember. Um, just pretty standard. I, when I wrestled you, it was just like uh, long tights and kick beds. Did you have any cool design on the long tights, like some futuristic science fiction thing to go along with the plasma gun or anything like that? Or No, that would have been cool. I just had like tribal that uh, Spider threw on there, some random shit. I don't know if you remember Spider. Yeah, I remember. It was nothing. Nothing too Spider- exciting, just tribal for no reason. Spider made gear for everybody. It was all the same size. It would fit him. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. He said Spider, one size fits most. <laughs> after you spent some time after you spent some time there with uh, the New York Wrestling Connection, you ended up going to uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, FCW. Yeah. What what's the deal with the uh, with the the drag, with the the drag queen, the girl from Mexico? What what what's the story behind that one? Oh, uh, one? That was there's a few. Of... Do you guys even know what it, what he's? So they were doing was like it a women's Sandro or which which one was it? Wait, what? Which was Mac, which luchador was it? Oh, you were it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he I was... didn't know. He was in drag. He's the girl from Mexico. Oh, oh, that was your name? So for this one, I guess it was Trent Beretta already by then, but there was a, I was a heel at the time, and they were doing a women's tournament, and it was Dusty's idea to have me dress as a uh, luchador woman and try to win the whole tournament, but uh, it didn't what work out. Name? I got on that. The girl from Mexico. There you go. That was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no wonder you gotta at least have a cool name. Plasma baby. You'd be the girl from Mexico, baby. Wow. Vanilla Escalata. <laughs> you uh yeah, that's fun though. I didn't I didn't mind dressing up as a luchador woman. You know? Well I was that's gonna say I... it takes a pretty confident person to be able to do something like that. Well, I didn't really have a choice at the time. It was Dusty's idea, and I was like, "Sure, let's let's have fun with this." And it was it was fun. Actually, I wasn't allowed to actually wrestle the woman. So, like, one with like a roll up because they had just started the rule where I guess men can't beat up women at all. Anyway. Oh. So, did you have easier matches then? 
I think it was one match where I won with a roll-up, and then the next match, like, some uh, some dude came out and unmasked me, and then that was it. I, I mean, did win. they try not to bump you around since you were the girl from Mexico? I, I think I took a Rano, maybe. I can't, I, I can't really remember. I think that was it. Oh. Yeah. Well, it it wasn't too long after that you uh, you were part of Dude Busters with Caden Croft. Was that how long after the uh, the girl from Mexico was that aspect of? Was that shortly after? Oh man, uh, I think I started as Trent Beretta. I was Greg Jackson at first there because I couldn't think of a name. And like Doctor Greg Jackson. Greg. Yeah, and I was that the name of an old jobber from years ago. Was there an old jobber years ago named Greg Jackson? probably right. It seems like it would be. Was it Mike Jackson? It was me. (laughs) (laughs) It was me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, anyway, I think I was by like uh, I went to Florida in like February 2008. By September, I was Trent Beretta. And then I was teaming with Croft, I think, early 2009. So it was kind of right after the uh, the girl from Mexico. I was tra- teaming with uh, Croft. Mm-hmm. So when like ten years bus- already, you well yeah. at that point. Holy shit! Yeah, right. You had gotten yeah. called up to the main roster after your time in in FCW, and mm-hmm. you were actually part of the uh, WWE's version of ECW, which. I think I can speak on behalf of all hardcore ECW fans. That, that awesome. missed its mark <laughs> badly, <laughs> badly. Hey man, that was I was I was on the shows, man. No, 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 not you. I just <laughs> when you when you know what ECW is, and then you, yeah, yeah. it was tough. Were you an ECW fan when you were younger before you got into wrestling? Yes. But I okay. I was so young that I wasn't like staying up until one AM when it came on MSG was like it would be a special occasion if like we stayed up that late. Right. Because I was I don't know how old I was, like probably like ten ish. Uh, I'm not sure. But I, that- I, I would catch when I catch it I'd be super impressed and like I wanted to go to a show so bad. I don't know why I never went. I was a bad fan. But yes, I was a fan. The the ECW in WWE, um, what was your thoughts about that when you came up after being in Florida Championship Wrestling? What were your experiences? Who did you work with? And it didn't last very long. Um, we're going to be moving yeah. on in the timeline. But what was your thoughts about that? I was just excited. Like, by then, like, it was, there was no, like, attempt to even make it ECW anymore. It was just the third show by that point. Right. So, like, all the disappointment that already happened, that, that was over with. We're just doing the third show. It's Sunday Night Heat or whatever. Uh, I was so excited. I, I was 22 years old, so, like, I was just excited to be on TV at all and being up on the main roster. Uh, I shouldn't you have been there at all. I was way too young. You were 22 years old with seven years' experience. Yeah. That's insane. But You're a fucking veteran. There's only... It's not real experience when you're 15 years old doing one indie show a month. Ah, you're still in there, though. Yeah, I was in the ring. 
I could do That's... chain wrestling pretty smoothly at that point, but that was it. Mikey hates that. Don't say that word ever again the rest of this <laughs> yeah. interview. Chain wrestling? Don't. No! No! Oh! <laughs> Wait, what? why not? Why? If you know what's what good for you. Listen, Gregory. What call it instead? I'm listening. I'm being scolded. We, uh... <laughs> I teach everyone chain wrestling because it's important, but I fucking hate doing it. Absolutely hate it. So every time I'd wrestle Jerry in the locker room, he'd offer, he'd offer me two rip fuel. And I'd say, yeah, okay. He said, oh, and I said, so we can start, we can start hot then. We'll just get in there 10, 12 minutes. Let's just go. He goes, well, I think we should do some chain first. And I go, no, we did that last time. He said, but we should do some chain. That, that's how I warm up. I said, we do chain. That's how I blow up. <laughs> so no chain. No, but we always did chain just for jury. I, it's very important. I, you know, I'm fairly decent at it. I'm very good at teaching it. I just hate doing it. I enjoy teaching. I feel like I'm not. Everyone's got all these tricks. I have no chain tricks at all. I have like all the basics, and that's it. I, that's I guess because I don't love it. I don't love that's it that much. Like, yeah, I guess so. Side headlock oh, yeah, to a hammer lock, back to a side headlock, maybe top into a top wrist lock, and let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <Let's> start running. <laughs> start running. No more rip fuel for you. <laughs> what? You just want to um, take off like Forrest Gump and keep on running. You can't give me rip fuel and expect me to just fucking chain. I get happy feet and everything. I'm like, let's go. I just can't run in some shady. You make me sound like I'm a little shady a... cat in the shadows going, hey, Mikey, want a couple rip fuel? Well, I, I can't tell you how many times we work around, right? And we get to a spot where, okay, I put Jerry in the side headlock, you know, tackle drop and all that good stuff. And I work around. I get back to the side headlock. I want to back up the rope. He goes, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. And he fucking counts. I go, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, there were times we tie up I went right to the side of the headlock I'm like let's go he's like no 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 <laughs> I was teasing I myself <laughs> Jerry Lynn is the reason I can get to a side headlock for pretty much any fucking hold After ECW ended there, you end up uh, moving on. You end up going to SmackDown, and then you actually spent some time in NXT. Um, tell me a little bit about SmackDown, what it was like at that time. Do you feel like you were getting some good opportunities there, and then obviously went no. into NXT? I, we were just – I was still so green. Like, I shouldn't have been on the main roster at all. I shouldn't have got hired so young. Like, I would have been way better off. Well, it worked out fine in the end, but, like – Well, next time I'll say it, been, fuck yourself then. Yeah, <laughs> I will next time. Like ever, like the guys that hire now are guys that have been that got over on the indies and like figured things out. Like if you don't get over on the indies, it's going to be really hard to figure out how to get over in WWE. Or it was for well, me. At least. For the longest time, it wasn't like that though, because they they wanted guys. Yeah. 
And it yeah. seemed like they were hiring like bouncers and bodybuilders and powerlifters and people they'd see in the gym or whatever and say, hey, you want to be a wrestler? And then they would try and shape them and mold them to what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And it worked like four but, times. You know, so they stuck with it. Right. And I think, I think that's why they changed and said, well, maybe we should be hiring some guys yeah. who've been wrestling for a while. Yeah. I remember, like, if if you were 30 in FCW, it was like, whoa, this guy is way old. Like, they, they wouldn't really hire guys under 30. Wow. I know, I started when I was Hire guys over, over 30, yeah, man. That's why I said, What's I said, that? I got to get you guys in quick. Well, let me ask you yeah. this, Trent. What, what do you think, looking at it now, in hindsight, and I mean, obviously, having done what you've done, and like I said, we're going to chronicle more of this, but why do you think that there is this, and Mikey and Jerry, you can jump in, there's this threshold marker of, oh, someone's coming in, oh, they're already 30 or nearing 30. They're not a running back in football, so why is there some type of stigma around that age? There, there's not anymore. Still have to be an ass. But right, but but I've back won. then, why do you think it might have been that way? I don't know, because it doesn't really make sense. Unless, like, a look standpoint, they want everyone to look like children in the ring. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I think it might be of an aesthetical aspect of it. Other than that, you know, they were always looking for a certain type of body. Now WWE has changed so much where there's guys of all different kinds of body styles. So, which is yeah, good I get because, it because when Vince had his first, the national exposure, right? When he had that first bro- boom period, with Hulkamania, all those guys were already in their mid thirties. All of them. Yeah. Hogan and Piper and Savage and all them, they were already Orndorff. I mean, they were already established. And in yeah, their mid thirties. Like, yeah. The guys that got over on, on the Indies pretty much. That's right. In the territories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was a Johnny Ace thing. It was just what he wanted. I think it's every form of entertainment, whether it be wrestling or uh, music or TV and Hollywood. I think everyone changed to you have – it didn't matter for a while there. I mean, and in some instances still nowadays – uh, how good you were. It was if you had that sellable package or that look. Like yeah. even in music, you know, they'll hire you just on if you have that sellable package. And then they'll go, oh, by the way, you're not playing that anymore. We have people who will write music for you. Well, wasn't it... I, um, I, bl- I blame high definition. <laughs> yeah. They can see every ounce of cellulite. Yeah, because if you look at Hogan and all them back in like 85, 86, 87... You know, in standard 480p, 4.3 resolution on your TV. Look at you, Best Buy. You look at them now in, in high def. That's Circuit City. Circuit <laughs> City. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that went out before Trent was born. Well, I forgot about well, Circuit City. Circuit I like, City. I like, I like to keep things classic. Nice. I'm surprised Radio Shack is still going. Are Does they? anybody else miss service merchandise? Oh, oh wow. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Merchandise. I know, the, shit. I know the name. I don't know what it is. Well, you couldn't go grab something off the shelf. You just look at it on the shelf. Correct. And then they would have 
it was like a it was a two floor place, and there was a conveyor belt that would go from the the top floor down to where the customers are on the bottom. So you would tell them what you're looking for, and you wouldn't touch the display item. You would tell someone, and then they would find the packaged version in the top floor and put it on this conveyor belt, and it would come down, and you would just take it and pay and leave. So. Sounds like Shawn Michaels hands off the merchandise. Yeah. That's where he got it. (laughs) So, obviously spent some time at SmackDown. Then you went to NXT. You did some really good stuff with with Cassius Ono. And did you enjoy NXT? Um, I was frustrated because I, I got hurt and then next thing I knew I was like sent back down to NXT which at the time I don't think the TV had even started it was just like oh you're off the road uh, uh, that's, I, didn't, I didn't love it at the time at all I was pissed I had a shitty attitude well they did have that campaign about how you were doing did they tell you all about that, that, what they were going to do as far as the gimmick of you've been out for like six months, that when's, when's he going to be back type of deal? Were you a part of that, or was that something they came up with and just told you about? Oh, I think – well, I was doing – Ryder had me do something for his show, which just turned into like super weird videos that didn't really help my career at all, but that's what I went with. <laughs> uh, and then we just kind of kept going with that. And then had that little one one video package leading to me uh, showing up in NXT. Nice. And it was brief, and then I was done. Like, I, I didn't do a lot of matches in NXT at all. Right. A lot of people end up going to a place like WWE after they've been out there and they've done a bunch of stuff. You went to WWE really quickly in the beginning. And then after you left there, it really seemed like you could open yourself up creatively as a performer and then you went on to do a ton of things. So do you feel like you were a lot happier once you were gone from the WWE family? Yes, definitely. So much happier immediately. And, uh, it was just great to suddenly like, it was five years where I, like you don't really get match time and you're not really kind of, you're not really that free to like figure out what works for you. So like, to be able to have matches that were as long as I wanted to. Like, I feel like there's some guys in WWE that have never gone, gone over 20 minutes in a match their whole career. Wow. Like, how are you supposed to get better and, and figure out what works for yourself if you, if you never get that opportunity? So it was just fun to be able to do the only that. Time, the, the only time you can actually experiment and have fun with trying to learn how to work the crowd better is on house shows. Yeah, Unless they're very strict on how much time you they let you have there too. I was barely on any house shows. But, uh, I'm gonna. I want to come back to the NXT portion a little bit later on down our timeline because I have a very interesting question I want to ask you about that. But which is ask him now? Uh, well, it yeah. doesn't fit into my storyline oh. here. Start having wow, a chronological. I do, I do. So in January 13, after you end up leaving WWE, you uh, you headed north to Canada, and you worked for what Hart Legacy Wrestling up in Calgary, Alberta. You actually got a chance to work with Mr. Brian Cage. What was it like? What was that like up there? And what was it like working with an with a young Brian Cage? Well, I worked with him in FCW. 
Oh, I didn't realize he was in FCW with you yeah. at the time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I I think we just did like one. It was one quick little like weird multi-man like six-man match or something. So like, man, I barely remember that show at all. But Cage was cool. Like I, I always got along with Cage. He's always fun to wrestle. We got we kind of got in, in trouble one time on a FCW uh, house show for just like doing way too much but that like if you look back it wasn't that much at all but we uh we just felt like going nuts and like not going with the rules one day and then we got yelled at a little bit but it's not really that exciting of a story so okay touch upon this so when you say you know obviously you guys got reprimanded what what does that look like who conducts that and what kind of repercussions are there from something like that if you decide to do your own thing so at the time it was Dr. Tom, so it was really not a big deal, and he did it all in a fun way. So it was Dr. Tom is cool uh, as shit. Yeah, he's the best. He's awesome. I have nothing bad to say about him, man. So basically, you got in trouble by Dr. Tom, which is really not getting in trouble. Exactly. It was just like he's like, "Come on, guys, what the fuck?" That's pretty much all it was. From what I remember, was it was 10 years ago, and I don't remember anything. So, could have never happened. Uh, in January of 14, you, uh, you worked uh, some stuff with Johnny Gargano, who obviously is uh, becoming a pretty big name with NXT slash WWE, which this is the kind of – this is starts your six degrees of Kevin Bacon, so where everything kind of weaves and, and ties in between here. So, Freedom Gate Championship Wrestling, what was that like up there? Freedom Gate Championship Wrestling. Good, moving on. <laughs> I think no, I think I wrestled Johnny for like the open the Freedom Gate. That's right. I'm sorry. I yes, I misread my own okay, writing. Yeah. I just saw I, that. I, yes. I didn't remember. Uh, Johnny, fr- cool. yes. good friend. Uh, I always like wrestling Johnny. Uh, I think we didn't have a great match that night, but uh, he's a good oh, dude. Sure. I like him a lot. I think, oh, really nice. I think I an okay him. match with the two of you guys would still be excellent. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a good crowd or anything. Like I, not, either, Neither one of us felt good about it after. I swear. Well, you're probably I your think, own I worst need, critics. I need to find this on video, and I get. I bet it's perfectly fine. I, mean, I wrestled Johnny a long time great. ago, too, so I'd like to find that video. Hey, Trent, let me you ask you this question. Good. Why Why do you think, and I think everyone's answer to this question is going to be different. I know Jerry has an answer for this. Mikey has his answer. Why do you think that wrestlers are so hard on themselves? And I know because you know you always want to try to strive to be better, but do you watch any of your matches, or is that one of those things where it's like, no, I'm not, I can't watch my own stuff? I don't like watching my own stuff at all because I hate it when I see it. Really? I do watch, like, I'll very rarely watch something, and I, yeah, I don't, that's weird to watch yourself wrestle. It's an odd thing. It's terrible. Well, it's like, for me, it's like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Plus, like, you have the memory of how the, you have the memory of how the match went. You can be like, oh, my God, that match was so good. The crowd was great. And then you watch it back, and if, like, the audio for the crowd isn't right, it, it's just like, oh, they don't even, they don't sound good. The mat this. It goes way better doing it than it is watching it back. 
That's why I never make a sex tape. Exactly. <laughs> the crowd is terrible. It's terrible, absolutely. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, that makes sense because I've heard several people say that in shoot interviews that kind of to the extent of what Mikey said and Jerry said, they've only seen maybe one or two tops of their own matches just because they do not like watching themselves under any circumstance. So I didn't know if that was just them or if that might be something more prevalent in wrestling where, yeah, I don't, I don't think it. it is. I don't think it is that common. Like I think this is rare that three of all three of us aren't into our own matches. Some guys watch every match they have. It's too painful. Uh, I'd always rip myself to shreds. Yep. I'd always be going, why yeah. did you do that? Stupid, stupid. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, how can you know if something was good or not? Oh, believe me. I know if I fuck yeah. it up. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I told you this, Mikey, before we even started the podcast. One of my favorite matches of all time was what Cactus's last night. And when Cactus cut that promo on you, he had the tape on his face, and you had his last match. You were wrestling with the neck brace. I fucking loved that match. It's on a WWE DVD guy in my living room. Loved that match. That match I watched because... So good. I was a huge mark for Cactus. Right. So I had to watch it. And a little trivia note, I was the first ever recipient of the Mandible Claw. Oh, damn. He did it? He did it to me in the ECW arena with no glove on. Oh, I'm like, I was like literally (laughs) gagging. I'm like, "Ah." Like, you can stop now. Stop now. <laughs> Ring the bell. Plus, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a move that he has over at all. He's just, for no reason, putting his hand in your mouth. Nobody understands that. <laughs> exactly. Nobody <laughs> he, he didn't pick it out going, here comes the mandible claw. No, there was nothing. It was just like, I'm going to try this move. And that was before yeah. he figured out, like, the house show finish, where as he put his hands in your mouth, he can kind of, Cup his fingers underneath, give him the old camel, co- the old camel toe sign, and <laughs> stick his fingers in your mouth. <laughs> no, I got uh, there, and especially uh, in the arena where it's got, filthy and just nasty, just oh, just touching anything uh, under my tongue. It was just like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mikey, would you say you are on the level of Howie Mandel as far as germaphobe issues? No. You are you know his, don't you? I had Mick Foley's fingers in my mouth, and I'm still here. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Is that the first time you realized you could do a good Andre, Andre impression? <laughs> it was. <laughs> and I tell you now, the mandible claw in the mouth is really disgusting. <laughs> wow. I, I remember he's in the locker room and he says to me, Mikey. I have my move in the WWF. It's going to be the mandible claw. And I'm going to stick my <laughs> finger down people's throats. And really, if you look up the, the physics behind it, it's actually legitimately a paralyzing hold. I'm going, yay. I'm like, okay. So what is it? I, take my, I take my ring and my middle finger, and I stick it under the person's tongue, and I squeeze up with my thumb and down with my fingers, and it's paralyzing. And I'm going, um... Okay. <laughs> and you guys are friends, and he's still going to do this to you. Wow. Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, cool. And then he gave me a good locker. Mike, how was the finish? I go, perfect, nice and easy. 
<laughs> Have fun doing that to take her. <laughs> that was the first night he wore his mankind boots too. Oh. Because Great he's someone do you remember cactus used to have those leopard skin? Yeah, of course. Boots? Yes. Well, someone stole them. Oh. And he was so cheap he refused to buy new boots. So for months he was just wearing cowboy boots. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so that's why because someone stole his real boots and he was just too cheap or excuse me, too frugal to buy new <laughs> boots. So he waited until he had to get boots made by the WWE. So that's when he actually had boots because they got him them made. Didn't he have on his on his uh, leopard boots like uh white wrist tape around the bottom of one of them? Yeah, because they were falling apart. And that's what I thought. I was like, that shoe looks like it's falling apart. Yeah. Makes sense. He was, walk- he was walking around with cowboy boots with like thumbtacks in the bottom because I guess he did match with thumbtacks in Japan. And he just never pulled the thumbtacks out. So they were for months and months just thumbtacks <laughs> stuck to the bottom of his boots. It sounds terrible wrestling in cowboy boots too. I don't know how he did it. Well, how do you kick somebody but not hurt them if you're using a cowboy boot? I mean, Did he get a catch re-told him. at all? No, they were they were just cowboy regular. And there's no ankle support. I would break Nothing. my ankle. Nothing. Yeah. He never wore knee pads. Never wore braces or anything. Just. I guess he's not a regular human. No, he's he's, not. he's the hardcore icon. No. Yeah. In 2014, World Wrestling Network, you spent some time. You did a tour in China, where you worked oh, yeah, with Rich Swan. And I like watching Rich. Rich is a, a great talent. Any stories or memories of working with Rich? He's one of my favorite opponents. I loved wrestling with him. And that match in China, like, uh, it was so weird because, like, the beginning of the night, those people didn't know what wrestling is at all. Like, there's no pro wrestling. You start with chain. <laughs> What's that? Chain? Something about did you chain? start with chain? Yeah. I think we actually did, sorry, Mikey. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we just had a really fun match. It's still one of my favorite matches ever. I'll never watch it, but uh, I love wrestling, wrestling Rich. I think he's awesome. I miss him. I haven't seen him in years. It's interesting with the World Wrestling Network, which originally back in 1993 was a concept with Jimmy Crockett and Paul Heyman. And if everybody remembers... Our book, which I'm going to get to the book club. Oh, fuck the fucking book. Okay, I'll be don't, back don't, anymore, wine. don't start. Go get your wine. Jesus. So World Wrestling Network was an idea from Jimmy Crockett because after they sold uh, what would become WCW to Ted Turner, Crockett got out of the wrestling business. Crockett decided to jump back in in 93. He wanted to go ahead and bring Paul Heyman into the mix, who had recently been fired by Jim Hurd. And... Obviously, that didn't happen because Paul stayed on with ECW. He ended up working with Eddie Gilbert before Paul became the booker. So it's just interesting, once again, the Kevin Bacon thing. You worked with World Wrestling Network, and that has ECW original ties to Paul Heyman. And I thought that was interesting. So I didn't know any of those things. Yeah. That's cool, though. My first concussion was against Nails. Really? Yep, he threw me over the top rope, and I went to grab it, and I missed the top oh, rope. Oh, God, how'd you go? And you landed well, on your head? I kind of over-rotated and then smacked the back of my head on the floor. 
Oh, like a 450. <clears throat> no, it was sideways. Sideways 450, though. Yes, yes. Nice. Pretty cool. Oof. He, he actually was very easy. You know, he just threw me over the top rope. I tried to take a, a nice high bump over the top and just completely grab with my left, and I just <laughs> missed. I did the same. I only, I only did it once, but I did the same thing once. Just completely missed. Big flint bump on the floor that I didn't want to do. Wow. Jerry, you ever so. do it? Do what? Miss the ropes on a shit can and just die on the floor? I did the uh, dive through the second and third rope, and my toes hit the middle rope, and, yeah, I just took a header straight down. And it's amazing how that ooh. stops you dead in your tracks. If you had well, shaky baby boots, it would have caught you. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of people not catch me to tell you the truth, because years ago when uh, Sean and I first started doing the dives, I swear some of these big guys did not want to catch, and I swear a lot of them didn't catch you on purpose. Oh, God. My worst so, non-catch was Luis Piccoli. Really? Yes. He kind of sidestepped me, and I was doing a somersault, oh. and the, the back of my knees smacked on the guardrail, Oh, and then I teeter tottered and then swung and the back of my head hit the floor. Teeter. Oh, I think I've seen that. Oh, I think you sucks. showed this to us a while ago. Oh, it sucked so yeah, bad. Yeah, I remember that. It was really bad. I was out like a light. That's remember I came. I came to it with uh, Sunny. Was in the ambulance. She came to the hospital with me. That's nice. Mm. This is this was ninety seven, Sunny. Oh. Whoa. And I woke up with the ambulance with this, like, like the light above her, and I could see like her silhouette, and I'm like, I'm dead, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was your thoughts on Global Force, and did you have any relationship or any workings with Jeff himself? Um, Jeff was cool. He was nice. He booked us. He paid us. Uh, we just, I, I took it like it was a regular indie booking. I didn't really look into what was going to happen with it. I didn't really care. It was just a, a booking that I took. So right. I really have no, no information, but Jeff was really, uh, he was great. He was cool. Would no you guys, would you guys agree that with Jeff Jarrett, I mean, from what he was doing with TNA when it first started after WCW went out of business. And then obviously with attempting to do global force wrestling, Jeff might get overlooked sometimes with just the passion and how hard he's worked as far as continuing the uh, the craft of wrestling, trying to keep it going outside of the the major two brands that were at the time, which WWE and then subsequently WCW. Yes. Where did everyone else go? I just don't. I don't feel I don't feel like anybody else really. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ I don't feel like anybody else was really trying to do anything you know what I mean like I knew there was independence out there but it really wasn't a hot scene at the time and for Jeff obviously with his father they had the capital to go ahead and start a promotion where guys could go and work and they had a great roster when TNA first started after WCW went under. I mean, look at all the guys who were there who are now huge stars now in WWE. You know, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, Christopher Jerry. Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Jerry. Jerry. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they had a great. I just want to know what the hell happened when you have that kind of a lineup, and then everything just ends up going south. You know, I have no idea. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm going too morally safer on this, by all means, somebody tell me. Either that or everyone's really lubed up and they're really feeling good. Sound like Spock. Fascinating. <laughs> you uh, you did some stuff with Pro Wrestling Gorilla where you worked with Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, who we know are the <clears throat> Undisputed Era. Big deals right now. With Roderick Strong and, and Kyle O'Reilly, I mean, obviously they're they're doing really well now. Did you? Are there certain guys you worked with that you could look at them and go, man, they they're going to have a big future. You can just already see it from the first time you meet them. It's hard to tell because at the time, like, WWE wasn't hiring that many indie guys. So, I mean, I knew they were both really really good, but you don't really know where they're going to end up or anything like that. I mean, I, I assume they would have both always have a job in wrestling because they're great. I miss those guys. In uh, Trenton 2016, at Nice Boys Don't Play Rock and Roll, Best Friends defeated Marty Skrull and Zack Sabre Jr. Marty Skrull has kind of come up recently in a lot of conversations about what's going to happen with him. Would you like to see him come join you guys in AEW? Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I would... Love to see Marty Skrull in AEW. Jerry, what kind of experience? You've worked with Marty as well, haven't you? No. On my retirement tour, I was supposed to. I had one last double shot in England. And this last night, I was supposed to work him. And I guess he, uh, I don't know, something came up. <clears throat> so Ooh, instead, I... I don't know what happened. He, he And I didn't even realize until I ran into him at Ring of Honor that he told me, he says he was supposed to wrestle me and I can't remember what happened, but so instead I wrestled, uh, how do you say his name? Noam Dar. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget it because, uh, when they, we were both in the ring and they were making the announcements, I was looking across at him and I was thinking he was only 18 years old and I was 49 and I was, it just the thought came to my head. Holy crap! I've been wrestling a lot longer than this kid's been alive. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what am wow. I doing in the ring? <laughs> oh, wow. That's wild. You guys had a. What's up? Oh, you haven't met Marty. Uh, Noam Dar, I think. Oh, Noam Dar. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Trent, would you ever go down to the Heart Dungeon? Yeah, fine. I don't want to. <laughs> I suppose. I guess. I have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mikey and I were talking about that. that. Yeah. 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 Come out of here. Come out of Come out and separate life from the body. <laughs> Did he say that? Is that a real quote? God. He's a scary man. Hashtag Beyond the Mat. Wow. That's in it? I, uh, yeah, he's he's prominently featured in Beyond the Mat. 
I've seen yeah. it. I don't remember him saying separate life from the body. Maybe it's that, that or what? what's the other one? Um, yeah, but it might have been Wrestling with Shadows. Wrestling with Shadows. Oh. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my I'm going to make some pancakes. He's going to make some pancakes, but I'm going to stretch you for a little bit. Mikey, Mikey, oh, no. right now, if, if, if Trent gets thirsty and he would like some iced tea, how would you offer it to him? Trent, you want some iced tea? Nest tea, iced tea, Snapple iced tea, raspberry iced tea, peach iced tea. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh. You like Arizona iced tea? Knee high? <laughs> Try the blue, buddy. Try the blue. Peach or grape, knee high. Oh. You like the grape? Uh. Holy cow. Wow. That's, uh, that's interesting. But really quick here to, to kind of cap things off, you've had an incredible career so far. And, I mean, now you're with AEW and you're seen weekly on TNT, that's got to be a great feeling as well. Yeah, AEW's great. It's crazy that it's a real thing. I'm sure you guys all, like, for years you hear about, like, oh, so-and-so, somebody's starting TV. TV's starting soon. This guy's opening a new company, and you always go, like, okay, sure. And this time it actually happened, and now we're wrestling on TV every week. It's, it's, it's wild, and our boss is cool. Like, it's, it's a dream company. Yeah, that's And the atmosphere atmosphere is great. Everyone's having yeah. fun. The, what was that, Jerry? The at what? I I, I just I just uh, drove past the monster far far. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Trent, if you're wondering, I had a problem a couple weeks ago. <laughs> say monster factory. I just couldn't say. <laughs> What? I can't say monster. See, look. Mikey slurs his words quite often. We, we don't know if it's beer or wine or it's what concussion. it is. Because I, was, I wasn't drinking by the monster factory. What do you think is the big um, the big thing that, that gets Orange over so much? What would you say? I mean, I know he does things that are different, which is awesome. He, he definitely thinks outside the box. But if you had to say... What really appeals? Would you say just the fact that he's just so not over the top that people love that so much, or is it the look? What would you say it is? I don't know. He's just cool. His charisma. He's just cool, but he's cool, but it's stupid and it's funny. But I I, I can't explain it. I don't know why it works, but it does. His character nice. is so not over the top, which makes it so over the top. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And all the stuff he does with his hands in his pockets. Because once so he gets rocking and rolling, it's crazy what he can do. He, he's yeah, he's really athletic. Like he's actually a good wrestler. That's fun. He, of, he puts his hands in his pockets. Fight. Everybody goes crazy. I put my hands in pockets. They say I'm doing pocket pinball. <laughs> <laughs> So if you guys want to follow Trent on Twitter, it is at Trenty Locks, T-R-E-N-T-Y-L-O-C-K-S. Trent, would you agree that in a lot of ways, fans nowadays with the advent of obviously Twitter and a lot of different wrestling promotions now have their own um, 
website that you can watch matches and the indie scene is really hot right now so when it comes to you know wrestlers being known now i think they're discovered before quote unquote they're discovered because fans are already smart to them would you agree to that yeah i guess so yeah i gotta go into detail huh <laughs> oh wow i'm good is the indie scene still really hot now like i, I is it died down a little bit now that so many guys have uh, gotten pulled out of it and right now places? right now chicago oh, is pretty hot right now that's true like every every time i take an indie booking like it used to just be PWG that had like these really hot, crazy crowds. Now it's like there's PWGs all over the country, which is cool. Yeah, Bowl well, is still pretty big, so yeah. All right, gentlemen, all right. is there any other final questions, comments? No, who's carding for life? I was just about to say, <laughs> man. I feel great. I feel great. Trent, we can't. And I thank you enough for coming on and uh, having some fun with our tomfoolery for the last almost two hours. So, thanks for having me on. That's fun. I'll do it Heck again. Yeah. For real. I mean, hey, we would love it. Wow, guys, <laughs> we didn't try hard enough. Oh my gosh! Follow him on social media. <laughs> Follow Trent on social media. Don't send him an email, and don't forget watch. AEW each and every Wednesday night on TNT, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Trent, you're the man. We're so happy that you came on and uh, continued best luck with best friends, man. We're behind you. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. See ya.